Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Rich Foss might not have expected to make it to 60 the way he was living his 20s, addicted to alcohol and crack cocaine. But Voss made it out and celebrated 33 years clean and sober in 2019. Along the way, he became the first white comic to perform on HBO's Deaf Comedy Jam, served as the host and MC for Woodstock 99, performed as a regular on Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, and almost won the first season of NBC's Last Comic Standing. He did end up meeting his future wife on Last Comic, fellow stand-up Bonnie McFarlane. Together, they produced a daughter, released a documentary film, Women Aren't Funny, and continued to co-host a successful podcast called My Wife Hates Me. When Voss did turn 60 in 2017, his funny friends gathered at the Comedy Cellar to roast him, resulting in a comedy special available on Vimeo. Voss has written for the Academy Awards and released five comedy albums, but he's just as open about his recovery and sobriety as he is about his comedy. And that's a very welcome thing. So let's get to it! But you weren't there, Rich Foss. You're in your car with me. Yes. Not in Bonnie's car with the flat tire. Are you? Are we live? Yeah, we're. My my wife. Okay. Before I get started, let me just. She wife. does. She still hates you, right? Yes. <laughs> my wife and my wife hates me. My wife calls me earlier. I'm uptown working a club, Upper West Side, and she's downtown. And today her tire was looking low, and I filled it with air. And we thought it was from the, you know, the, the weather. Mm-hmm. When it goes from hot to cold, the tire. Well, anyhow, she gets into New York and says, I have a flat. All right. And I said to her, okay, find a place that will come and, and put the spare on for you. Don't change your tire. But no, she finds a place and buys a new tire for 150 fucking dollars. And it's a Kia. It's a, it may be a $100 tire set, whatever. It's just, she's going to be the lady. nicest Kia tire. <laughs> tire. Yeah, probably in New either. Jersey. It's probably a retread. <laughs> All right, what's well, up? You know, you know, dealing with life's, on life's terms is... is That's not life on life's terms. That's life on, on dumb person's <laughs> terms. Life on life's terms is getting a flat and then you mm-hmm. deal with it in, 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 a, in a rational way. Yeah. You know, you wait till the male comes and takes control <laughs> and does the right thing. <laughs> Not the female. The female who should be, mm. I don't even know why she's doing comedy when she should be home cooking and, and doing the laundry, but yet she wants to do comedy and take control of her flat. This, this is why your wife hates you. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I have the answers. And so, she doesn't. Okay, so, well, let's not talk about right. Bonnie. Let's talk about Rich Voss. One F. So we're in your car in 2019. Yes. Uh, but let's go back to 1986. 86. The spring of 1986. Highlander and Police Academy 3 are the, are the top movies okay. in America in the spring of 1986, 33 years ago. 33 years ago was yeah. when I was walking into rehab. Yeah. What's... Were you, well, had you had you done comedy ever at that point? Yeah, I was doing comedy for, I'd say two years, two and a half years. Okay. When I started comedy, I stunk. And then I started booking a couple one-nighters. So this way I could host every week and make some extra money to buy drugs. And then other guys, you know, Long Island and Connecticut, 
that also book one-nighters, we would trade gigs. They would do mine, I would do theirs. Mm -hmm. You know, so I got a lot of experience hosting, you know, and, and I made some extra money. <laughs> All right, so I was doing comedy two years, I guess, two, and I'm headlining one-nighters. Okay. And some weekend local rooms like the Upper Deck, I think... Definitely headlining one-nighters. Wow. In, in two, but, I, but it doesn't but matter. But I guess headliner. that's also the comedy boom yes. in the, in the yeah. 80s. But maybe not, may, mostly middling and mm -hmm. hosting. You know, I don't think I would, when I was a drug addict, if I was going last and they were shitty rooms. You know, <laughs> That was called headline. Yeah, yeah, you were the last act. Yeah. In a shitty room, one-nighter. So I wasn't doing real rooms. Dead. How did you know that you would hit your bottom? How did you know that that was... Well, I mean, you know, you, it. it leads up to it. There's so many nightmares. You know, you, 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 drug addiction is, you know, it's progression. It's, mm -hmm. Drug addiction is, it's, is just a symptom of you, just like any addiction. It's your personality, your, you know, uh, what, what instant gratification... Is going to work for me now, but mm -hmm. that's not going to keep working. It just doesn't work. So you go to the to another level of instant gratification, or you know, whether it be drugs, eating, gambling, spending. It's you know to fill whatever emptiness or you know the quick high. You know, you know, sex, one nighters, pick uh, you know, picking up girls, masturbating. It's all instant gratification. You know, so whatever kind of personality you have, some people have the personality where they're content with certain things. Do you understand? Uh, they're content and... Well, you become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were trying. So, drugs would you mean... You get used to a certain yeah. style of life. Well, what drugs would mean, you know, you, you, it's just like anything in life. You start off, you come from a broken home, whatever, you don't feel as good at, you don't feel as... At, 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 as good as certain people but you feel better with other people so you always hang with the dysfunctional ones that are in the same boat or you feel a little better than them even though you're from a fucked up situation at, you know as a kid then that leads into the next group of kids in junior high are always the, the partiers the, the you know the long hair kids the ones that you know and you know you're not hanging out with the kids in the chess club or whatever <laughs> you know what I'm saying so right. So, you know, and, and everything progresses. Then you're, you know, you're smoking pot, then you're starting to do acid, you're doing this, that. Then, you know, you get out of school, you quit, like I did, I quit school. I start my own business, I have a big business, but I fuck it up, because all I'm doing is partying, and I have the biggest painting business in town, the biggest. I mean, major painting, but, but I'm a fuck up, I'm a partier. You know, who knows how to handle a maid, have eight guys working for you when you're 21 years old, and you're partying, you right. know what I mean? The main thing, you know, you live with roommates, you know, and everything's a party. You're having parties on weekends. You're having, you know, every night is something, you know. And, and then you go from painting to stand-up. Well, yeah, I went from, you know, I, no, I did various sales work, mm -hmm. canvas sales, different scams. It was always a scam. But, but, but even the stand-up comedy world in the 1980s was fueled by drugs and alcohol. Well, yeah, there was There's a lot. There's a lot of cocaine, a lot of booze, a lot of... Oh, I, places people would give me coke. They yeah. would party. Comics were partying. So now I'm doing comedy, but then I'm, now I'm starting to hang with the comics that are doing coke, and, and now yeah. we're smoking it. Free base is new. Crack is new then. Right. It's new. And we're like, you know, I mean, I was doing snorting coke before then, and but now, 
you know, we found this thing that was fucking amazing and $10 a vial, you know, and one of us would go up to Spanish Harlem and get it. And then back home with my friends that were in comics, we were all smoking. So, you know, I think I lasted maybe two and a half years smoking free base. Did you have any friends in comedy or outside of comedy who had gone to rehab or who had, I had, or who had died? No, I, well, I had a lot of friends that died, but that was from heroin because they all caught AIDS yeah. back then. They all died from AIDS. Dudes I grew up with, you know, a brother, a sister, someone across the street, because they were all sharing needles back right. then. You know, but we weren't doing drugs. We were smoking pot at that point. So I did know a couple comics. One comic who passed away from from heroin, I think, mm-hmm. was sober when he passed away. This comic, Rick Villas, he was in the movie Ghost. Okay. And he was the villain in Ghost. Remember that got sucked yeah. down? And he's, he was in Waterworld. And he used to try to get me to go to meetings all the time. Because he knew I was a drug He could, see, drug, it. He could yeah. see it. I was a drug addict. And he, he took a liking to me, and we worked together. He liked me. And I just, I, I didn't do it. But then when I did get clean, he was still alive, and he was really happy, you know. Nice. Uh, you know, Charlie Barnett for a while was trying to get clean, but he was oh, yeah, back yeah. and forth. Famous. Back and forth, you know. Famous and for being like a... A street, street a performer. Street performer that everybody knew and loved, but just... Yeah, Washington never, Square Park. Never got it. And he, but he also died from the virus. Yeah. From, but there was times he was sober for a certain amount of time, and then he, he went back out. Uh, so anyhow, so now, you know, you're doing free base, you're partying with comics, and but your life is so fucking unmanageable, it's unbelievable. You know, all I cared about was getting high. All I cared about was getting high. Uh, gigs, I would get party. You know, if I wasn't doing gigs, the guys I hung with back at home... You know, I would, I would scam, get get eight balls and try to sell them, but end up smoking them. I owe people all over town money. I'd rip off people. You'd do whatever you could. You know, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have guns. I wasn't holding guns to people's head. But also, too, I was going up to places in Spanish Harlem where guns were held to me as I walked into these crack houses to right. buy. No, the Harlem of the mid-80s is nothing like the Harlems of 2019. Well, but it was Spanish Harlem. It was 158th, 160th, 154th. That's on the east side, right? No, 158th in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. That's where we used to cop, 158th in Amsterdam. We'd go right up the block. I remember one time I was copping, and I mean, I got a million stories, but there was cops at the end of the block, and they were pulling everybody over. And I go, pull over. And I just took off. Mm-hmm. I said, fuck, I'm not pulling over. And they took their billy club and smashed my taillight out. But I kept driving. Wow. You know, I had fucking a bunch of vials on me. So, you know, you're just doing whatever you can. And I had no money then, you know. So in March of 86, was it your idea to go to rehab? Or did you just agree well, to somebody else's idea? No, it was my idea. Well, first, maybe a year before that. Mm-hmm. I had had an eighth of coke and I smoked it all myself. Pretty much, I was out of it. And I drove to Fair Oaks. I just thought I could go to a rehab. I mean, this is one of the most expensive rehabs in the world, Fair Oaks in in Summit, New Jersey, at the time. Mm-hmm. So I go there and I'm sitting in a wait. I'm just sitting in a waiting room, you know, fucking Hi. out of my mind. I I, I thought I was going to die. So they came, and by the time they came to see me, they go, "Do you have insurance?" I go, "No." They go, and then I was I came down and. Mm-hmm. So then I was out for another, and towards my bottom was uh, this story. Uh, One night, it's like probably 7 o'clock. 
a friend goes, hey, you want to go into New York and cop? So we go in New York. I go for him. I drive in, cop a bunch of vials, then uh, come back, we smoke them. Then my other friend gets off work, another guy from another crew, and I meet him, and we go in, and we're in a car, and we get into a major car accident. I mean, going like 70 miles an hour. And nobody got hurt, and we just all got up and ran. I don't know what the owner did or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't own the car. I was just a passenger, but we should be dead. We took out a fucking, when it, see that light post right there? Mm-hmm. A light post like that, a metal, you know, and all the wheels. Just, and then we got another car and went in for our second trip, right? So now my friend, a comic, is coming in like at 1 o'clock, and I pick him up at the airport. It's my third trip, and we go in. We smoke till sunup. I'm driving home, and I get this pain in my stomach, and I pull into, the ho- uh, into a hotel. Mm-hmm. I walk in. I fall on the floor. They call me an ambulance, take me to the hospital, and I have, like, this kidney stone. So they shoot me with morphine. I didn't know what it was. A kidney stone was the most painful right. thing. And then I, I leave the hospital, and I go home, and then I go back in that night again and then maybe a couple weeks later you know uh, a bad trip up to Boston and spending all my money then about a probably three weeks after that I said I can't do this I'm going to die I'm going to die or I'm going to end up in jail nothing good is going to happen and I put myself and you didn't in, want either of those things no or back in the men- I, you know I was already in a I guess you could call the mental institution the fifth floor mm-hmm. because when I was 21 I had major anxiety which I still have now, but back then they didn't know what... Flight deck? Is that what they call it? Well, I don't know. I never... I've heard people in the rooms talk about the flight deck. Well, for you mean like... No, I committed myself. Okay. I put myself in, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know what anxiety really was back then. You know, this is 40-something years ago, so they just pumped you with Thorazine and howled all these psychotic drugs, and I'm doing the Thorazine shuffle around every day. I finally get out and get through it. It came back at 40 really bad when... But a therapist saved me. So, uh, you know, through all of that, I don't, I don't know. Anyhow, I put myself in rehab. Mm-hmm. At 28. And, yeah, I was 28. Yeah. I went to a place. And I remember, remember the night before I was going, I called this booker, this guy Gary Grant. I said, I need a one night or tonight because I'm going to rehab tomorrow. So he gave me this club, BF Packies, on Route 9. They paid $60. Uh, I did the re- went to New York, mm-hmm. bought four vials, pack of cigarettes or two, smoked till sunup, smoked them. My mother drove me to rehab, and I never picked up since. Wow. But I lied to get into rehab. I lied. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a fancy, but it was a good rehab. And, like, two weeks in or a weekend, I said, look, I lied to get here. They go, we don't care as long as you're here. And I said in that rehab, I said, I'm going to, whatever it takes, I'm going to finish this. Because I never finished anything in my life. I, I quit high school. You know, I never finished. I went to real estate school. I quit that. My business failed. I never finished anything. I said, I'm going to finish. And I finished. They told me to stay out of comedy for a year. The day I got out of rehab, I did comedy. How long were you in? 28 day, okay. five day detox, 28 day okay. rehab. And then I, I haven't picked up since. Did you go, did you start going to meetings immediately after? Right then. Okay. I uh, went to a lot of meetings. I was a talker though. I thought I knew it all. I, <laughs> that's what I did for a living, you know. Right. And I'm getting laughs. I'm going, oh, I'm killing here. Yeah. But they, you know, one guy said, shut up, you know, put the, uh, take the cotton out of your 
ears and put it in your mouth. Yep, you they know, still say that. You know, I remember one guy said, well, still say that one guy said to me, you know, after 90 days, we'll hear what you got to say. <laughs> yep. He's still, he's gone, but I stick, I stuck it out. You know, one out of 35 people make it from rehab. I think it's one out of 35 stay sober. So, uh, like I said, you know, I got involved a lot. I mean, as much as I could get involved, you know, I went to dances, I hung out with people in the program, but I was still doing comedy and traveling, going to meetings. But, you know, I, I, but I was, I'm not great. I'm, I'm not your perfect AA guy. I probably didn't. Well, no one I, is. I probably have not written out all the 12 steps. Probably not. But I try to work steps. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I probably have never done every single one, you know, step by step by step. But I probably have done them throughout my life. Do you have sponsors? I have one guy I, you know, mm-hmm. I just started because another thing I traveled to, I wasn't around where I could take that commitment. Right. But the good thing in comedy is I, the crew I ended up with, most of us were all sober. Right. The crew I ended up with after years, after nice. I became a New York comic, all my friends. No, there's guys like Jim yeah, Norton, I don't, Bobby I'm Kelly. I'm not saying any names. Cause but, I they, don't, but, but they've been on my podcast and they've talked about oh, having long-term okay. sobriety. Yes. Those are all my best friends. Yeah. You, so, guys did a, you guys did a special together. Yeah, with Mike with DiStefano. With Mike DiStefano. Yes. Yeah. So Comics it's not like, Anonymous. Right. So that's not breaking uh, anybody's in. True. Well, one of the reasons that I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to be talking to you now in 2019 is, you know, you mentioned also anxiety, too. We have, you know, nationwide there's an opioid epidemic, but also in the comedy community, we seem to be losing a lot of people too soon recently due to mental health, substance abuse, poor health. Yeah. You know, we've lost friends before. We've lost, you know, Mitch Hedberg, Geraldo. But if you... You know, we joked about Patrice, Patrice's alpha, and and then he went... Yeah, I mean, you know. these are all great, and it's all sad. But if, if if you look at it by perspective, there's thousands and thousands of comics. Yeah. It's just the ones we lose we know, and we're friends with most of them, because right. a lot of them are from New York, or they're f- semi-famous. But if you go into any fucking business, you know how many, uh, you know, stockbrokers have blown their brains out, or fucking, True. you know, whatever. And you can say that about any, any industry. construction that player, people. Construction workers are throwing themselves off. So it's just the business we're in. Addiction and, and some people, you know, there's people all over the country dying from diabetes, dying from heroin overdoses. You know, uh, opiate, heroin's running rampant in high schools now like it's never before. It's never, it's not hip hop. No, that's okay. I'm just so, looking out for some new comic. That's yeah. what I do. Well, that's, but that's, that's why I'm wanting to talk to you about this is like, yeah, sure, people in every industry, you know, ha- deal with addiction and deal with mental health. I feel like stand-up comedy, though, it's such a solitary pursuit that people tend, you know, we talk about that terminal uniqueness, we talk about isolation, and I feel like in stand-up that's so much more problematic because of the business. Well, one, one of the reasons is because you're traveling by yourself. Yeah. And so you're in a different... Once you're headline, you're in a different city all the time. And also, it's a very self... 
especially if you're an addict or recovering, it's a very self-centered business. It's about you. You're you're selling yourself. It's all me, 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 me. You need you're that deal- validation from the from the audience. Yes, and you need validation from the industry and the club owners right. to get work. And you need it's all about and you're dealing with rejection on a daily basis. You're hearing no, no, no on a daily basis. And you're comparing with other people yes. in the business. So it's a, it's a really tough business. So you're in a self-centered business with a self-centered disease, whether you have it under control or not. Right. It's all self-centered. It's all about you. And it's really, it, it's, it's tough for people to handle. You know, it's tough. And then you're traveling. Some people are leaving their family. Some people are out there, you know, they don't have a program. They don't have anything. So what do they do? I'm, I'm in the middle of America. I'm going to get fucked up. I meet these people. I go get high with them or I yeah. sit in my room, you know, all day. You know, so you, you got to find a real life. Like when I go on the road, I play golf all the time. I go to the gym. I try to keep as busy as I possibly can yeah. because, you know, I'm going to Vegas next week. I know I'll be gam- – like, I gamble. Like, you know, I, I play craps, and I, I, I stopped gambling for 10 years. You know, uh, I started, and, and w- I'm not as bad as – well, I am with lottery now. I, I'm stopping again. It's tough I have when Powerball to is $600 million. No, That's I tough. mean, I do scratch-offs. Okay, I have yeah. to stop because once I get started on something, I got – I don't have – five pairs of sneakers I have 60 pairs no I yeah. you, see, you know what I'm saying I know drugs and alcohol I have addictive behavior me. myself too it's, it's fucking horrific it's so you can replace one thing with yeah, another easily very quickly I know one will kill so, me right so, you know. so how do we how do we look out for each other well the it, way to look out for each is, is by example mm-hmm. is the best way is by example is because you know, I talk about recovery on stage. I don't preach. I just talk about it. Yeah. I just did a special. I shot at a NA convention. Did I show you the beginning of that? No. Oh, I got it. You'll love this. Nice. Uh, I. How do you look out for each other? If you have a friend or you see someone, you, you reach. I read there was somebody who's so far gone now. He's hopefully in rehab. He might be in jail. And I've reached out to him many times. But you can't help somebody oh, yeah. that won't. You can't help somebody that won't help themselves. You know, you only have all you can do is carry a message or 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 be there when they call call you. You know what I mean? An example. You know how many people you know see that I'm not me, just a lot. My friend, you know, mm-hmm. we have pretty good careers and we're all sober. You know, uh, you know these young guys. I, I trashed some guy on stage the other night. He went up talking about, oh, I drink beer and yeah. smoking. I'm not going to be one of these old guys that quit. I go, we're not impressed by you drinking beer. That's not impressive. All right? If you want to talk about picking your face off from smoking meth all night, then we'll listen. Uh, yeah. So I, to help one another, like nobody knew. I mean, I don't know because I'm not on the West Coast. So I don't, I don't know the state of mind Brody was in because I wasn't close with him. I knew him in New York. Right. Hello, goodbye. He was barking. Well, Brody, you know, was public with his bipolar, and he was public about going off his meds, and then he was public about starting medication again, and he was also talking up until his death about having problems with the medication. So, so you go to a doctor. Yeah. I mean, but, I take anxiety medicine when I need it. But we, you know, we talk on social media or on stage about, you know, the hotlines that exist and where to go for help, but some people still are too afraid to ask for help. Yeah, they're afraid. Uh, or they feel shame in asking for help. I, I don't know if, if, if look, an addict, a drug, it, it, 
a drug addiction is fucking powerful. Yeah. And and all that shit is just fucking excuses. If you to me, a lot of it. Either you wanna get clean or 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 you got you know, you gotta surrender. I'm not saying it's easy for everybody, it's not easy for everybody, but I know this as a fact. Once the physical addiction is gone, which only certain drugs you're physically addicted to. Mm-hmm. I know this as a fact. At some point, at some point, might be a week, might be a month, might be the obsession and compulsion will be lifted, and that's the addiction, the obsession and compulsion. Addiction is mental. The physical addiction you can kick in no time. Right. It's the mental. It's the obsession and compulsion, which is what brings you back, yeah. and that's what creates it, the relapse. Yes, and. Uh, urge only lasts 20 or 30 seconds. It will pass if you don't act on it. So, yeah, you want to help as many people as you can. And, and, and like I said, by example is one of the best things, you know, when they, you know, uh, or, or, you know, and they, and, and they see you sitting around with other sober comics laughing, having a good time, you know, subconsciously, they got to be thinking, look at these guys, look how much fun and look how good they are in comedy. These guys are, and that's just in my business. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, a construction worker. Or advertising. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If, if I meet somebody in a meeting and they go, you know, can I have your number? I'll go, yeah, you know. But in our business, when they see guys like us, we're all, and this is not ego, we're all killer comics that have accomplished a lot. And they have to know that s- sobriety has something to do with that. We right. couldn't have done what we've done. Because there's an, there's an illusion in the performing yeah. arts that you need to be on some sort of chemicals to be a great artist. That's no matter bullshit. whether it's music or stage. But the truth is, there's plenty of great people who are sober. That's bullshit about, oh, I can only create when I'm high. Right. Oh, that's so, that's so ridiculous. That's just your disease talking to you, saying, <laughs> you know, hey... It, your disease you can't, is you can't do this without me. You can't, it's it's yeah. your disease talking to you. Because you, you think, the, look around at the skyscrapers in this fucking town. Mm-hmm. Do you think those architects were fucked up on heroin? Do you think the, those people pouring the foundation in these skyscrapers that are fucking 80 stories high, you think they were all fucked up? No, okay? Not just comedy. You know, real life, life, you know, real jobs, real... You know, doctors that are saving lives. Yeah, there's doctors out there that are alcoholics and addicts and some, and but the ones. I mean, the percentage of the ones saving your life during brain surgery or heart surgery or or some lawyer, you know, uh, sending you to prison or keeping you out of prison. I whatever the percentage is is a lot higher that they're not on drugs. Yeah. Okay. So you you could do what you do not on drugs and be great at it. You know, yeah. You can have five CDs. You can be on Last yeah. Comic Standing. You can have uh, all your friends roast you on your 60th birthday. Yeah, listen, I, I you can my, live to see all these things. I, I, my career. If I stop now, I've written on Oscars, two Oscars. I've done a yep. lot of shit in this career. But one thing I, and this sounds so fucking narcissistic, but I have respect for my peers, and I respect certain people in this business. I've accomplished. I'm, I'm funny enough. And, and that's one thing you leave behind in life. Patrice left behind a legacy of his comedy and his being respected. Thank God he made that special elf in yeah. the room. and Yeah, you know what I mean? And threw away yes. his, his, his notes when he did the roast and just yeah. like 
showed people his raw talent. That's, yeah. So, you know, and, and Patricia's never a drug addict. No. I mean, he was a food addict. Yeah. But, you know. He just didn't take good yeah. care of himself. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, what I've done, you know, I could, I'd be dead. If I was getting high, I wouldn't have lasted as long. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't have lasted as long. And if I relapse, I'll be dead. In a, just this watch alone selling it would be enough coke to, to kill me. To OD, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, look, I, I don't preach, but I know one thing. Uh, uh, without, if I was, uh, everything I have in life, and the main three things I have in life, which are my three daughters, that trump all this bullshit, that I raised three daughters, one's getting married in two months, they... My older daughters both have great jobs. One's buying a house. They're both great kids, never been arrested. You know, I raised these kids. Could I have done that as a drug addict? No, I couldn't have. Maybe some people can, but I couldn't have. Because right. I wouldn't have been around for them. I'm around for my 11-year-old. So you, you become responsible. In 33 years, I've never been late for a bill. And guess what? I've never been arrested in 33 years. So... You know, it sounds like I'm bragging, but it's not bragging. It's just the rewards from not getting high. Right. It's not just cash and prizes. There's... Yes. Yeah. I get. Do you know? I used to go to my daughter's basketball games, and 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 the, the enjoyment I had. My wife threw me a birthday party on a roof a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and my little daughter helped her plan it. Right. It was a surprise party. Oh, nice. And when I got there, my, you know, surprise! All these people come. And the, the look on my little daughter's face from helping her, and she ran up and hugged me. I, you couldn't put a price on that. Do you know the feeling when I saw her, how proud she was for helping put together this party with my wife? You know, she, yeah. whatever she did. And she's never seen you BMS. And none of my kids have ever yeah. seen me high. So I used to take my older daughters to meetings when they were young. You know, I, I had to go to meetings. Yeah. I got kicked out of a meeting once because they were too loud. They were all oh, over yeah. the place. But look, I, uh, all I can say is I don't know if your life will get better or worse, but I do know the obsession and compulsion at some point will be lifted. You know, I've seen people in the program have lost, have lost children and stayed sober. Do you know how hard that is in life? They have, I, I've been through divorce. I've been through bankruptcy. I've been through a lot of shit. Pain, physical pain, major physical, dental work that fucking, I thought I was going to die. And, and, you know, bankruptcy, losing a house, divorce, you know, whatever. And you haven't picked and up I, and during I didn't all pick that. Up. I didn't pick up. And and during the great times, I didn't pick up, which is another time you, you will pick up. Yeah. You know. No, there's, there's, a, there's a comic, you know, he moved to L.A. and I didn't get to know him as well when he moved to L.A., but he, he, said a, he had a whole bunch of success. He died in his early 30s. From pancreatitis, who? How do you? Yeah. Ooh. How do? Yeah. How do you do that? Wait. What? Pancreatic cancer or pancreas? He just. Oh. Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna get nervous because <laughs> I'm a hypochondriac too. But. But you know, yeah, people will blow. Yeah, they'll they'll blow everything. On success or on bet or on failure. Yeah. You know. So if there's so if there's a if there's a sick and suffering comedian out there who's listening to this, what would you what would you say to them? Uh, go to vossroast.com. 
that would that would that would definitely cheer them up. Yeah, sure. Watching the watching the Voss roast. Go to VossRoast.com. That's that's all. That's my message. I mean, it would cost them five bucks, but. <laughs> Goldenvossshows.com, and and and, and and yeah, that then you won't compare and despair. Yes. <laughs> you and, will. and and try to find some meetings. Go to a meeting, mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work for you, go to church or go to therapy. Go do whatever you got to do, but look at it. You know, the easiest way to look at it is you don't one day at a time. You don't have to get high. The days turns into the day turns into weeks, the weeks into months, the months into years, and you know. Uh, it, it, it's a lot easier. Life is easier, not because you're going to still have whatever problems you have. At some point, you'll solve them, hopefully. But uh, it's a lot easier to deal with stuff when you're when when you're not fucking whacked out on drugs or alcohol. It's a lot easier to deal with the shit you got to deal with in life. And life's not easy, but no, you still have you, flat tires. You get flat tires. <laughs> You have some dumb wife that goes out and spends everything she earned tonight on a new fucking dumb tire. <laughs> fucking. But dumb. you don't have to drink or or do crack tonight because yeah. of that. No, no, I no, I have to crack her in the head. <laughs> with, <laughs> but well, that was a nice way to end on a nice <laughs> fucking violent anti-female fucking uh, domestic violence joke. No, uh, you'll go back. You'll go back into into the club that you're headlining, and you'll you'll perform for another. Yeah, I got two people. more shows. I got two more shows. All right, we got to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, thanks. Listen, so. don't get high. Hey, listen to me. Don't pick up today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Thanks, Rich. This episode of the Comics Comic presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first.